Nice to see everyone here this morning. What, what was the jump, she said? Mario. Mario, like the little guy, right? Would you all like to do that with me? If you would like to do that with me, stand up. Okay. All right. We're going to do it on three. We have a healing team afterwards. So I just think the younger generation should not have all the fun. Okay. On three. Don't hurt anything. One, two, three. All right. You can be seated. Is there a doctor in the house? Quite a few of them, actually. All right. Um, Okay. Um, uh, My name is Randy. I'm senior pastor here. If I haven't met you, I'm happy to see you and love to meet you afterwards. Uh, Before we uh, continue with our uh, series, Make Way, I do want to take just a minute and talk about what is happening in our world I am not expert, an expert on the COVID-19 virus, nor do I pretend to be one. There are experts out there. But um, I did want to uh, just be conscious as a family, uh, this is a reality out there. The first patient with it walked into Community North last Friday. It's about a half mile from us, so that's just our reality. Um, obviously, the, the presence of this virus and the news about it is having significant impact in the world. And there's a lot that we don't know about it, but we want to talk with one another, with faith, with wisdom, and, um, and to walk out of a peaceful place in God in the world. Uh, this, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's, this is dear to everyone. i just let you know on a very personal uh, basis, we've been, Jane and I have been watching this virus since its very beginning because two of our children live in uh, East Asia right now, and they're outside of their country of ministry because of this, and we don't know what will happen, (laughs) where they will go, when they will come home, all that stuff. So we've been monitoring this. Um, It is a serious thing, and yet because God is on the throne, we can walk in peace. And that's why I show you the picture we got from my son yesterday. (laughs) Taken on an actual street in an actual country in the actual world yesterday. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, I don't put that up there to say we're, you know, we're flippant about this. This is serious. But I, I want to give a pastoral reminder. Jesus is on the throne. And uh, it came to me just last night. I was thinking about, okay, how do I communicate this? I thought Jesus walked on the earth with the worst virus in all of human history, rampant around him, and yet in perfect peace. The virus was sin. And he came and walked as a peaceful presence in the midst of sin that affected every single human he interacted with. And his reaction to that was, I bring peace. I bring healing. I walk in faith. I trust my heavenly father. All is well, because at the end of all things, the kingdom is coming and the king is here. So that's the that's how we walk in the world uh, spiritually and emotionally. Practically, um, I'll just give you some practical encouragement as a pastor, again, not as an expert. Um, Obviously, if you or your children are sick or have had a fever in the last 24 hours, minister to the Lord from your home. (laughs) That's perfectly fine. Do that. Take good care of yourself. Be well. Please let us know your your, uh, transforming group leader or your ministry team leader or the church office here. Let us know so we can pray for you and with you and minister to you. Um, practice good hygiene. I've seen more videos on hand washing in the last week 
than ever in my life. Uh, wild stuff, you know, but um, let's do it. And let's be conscious of that as adults, that we're caring for ourselves and for others. Um, we've got more hand sanitizer in here, so you can be aware of that. Um, if you're uncertain of good hygiene practices, don't, don't just Google, what should I do about the coronavirus? Go to the CDC website and get, get you know, the facts as best we can understand them. I'm just encouraging you not to be a spreader of panic, but a container of peace. Just go out there in the world and say peace, because <laughs> we get to live in peace. Um, even more practically, we're a relational, intimate, huggy, touchy-feely church. Some will feel more comfortable with touchy-feely right now, and some will feel less comfortable with touchy-feely. Um, be respectful of one another. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about uh, how the Benedictines, and in fact, for a thousand years, uh, Christians in the world have been recognizing one another by giving a humble bow to one another. Isn't that a great thing to have handy in our back pocket? We're the people of the bow, all right? And if it's a believer, we're bowing to Christ in them. Honestly, don't have to touch, kiss, smooch, fist pump, or whatever, you know. You can if you want. But uh, we bow to Christ in one another. So let's just walk in love. Um, everyone will have a different view of this. And unity means we get to respect one another's diversity, even as we walk through this. We are the light of the world, planted here in Castleton by Jesus, to walk into the world as bearers of light, not doom, not gloom, not any of that. So let's be people of the light. God is sovereign, powerful, and loving, so let's walk out in that reality. Jesus himself says, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. All he's saying is there's nothing wrong with human wisdom. Walk in it. Just don't trust in it. Do you get the difference? Walk in human wisdom. Wash your hands, care for yourself, don't touch your face, all that stuff. But we don't have to bow to human wisdom as if we can save ourselves because we cannot save ourselves. God is sovereign, God is powerful, God is loving. We can fear not and walk in confident, trusting joy in the world. And by God's grace, here's the beauty. And one of the things my, my son overseas is telling me right now is, Dad, you can't imagine how people are open to the gospel right now. Because there's fear, right? It's just fear has heightened and it makes people so aware of what they don't have. Security, trust, eternal confidence. And I just want to remind you that we have the truth. His name is Jesus. And what a day, what an hour in the world to proclaim the good news of Jesus, right? So let's be bold in our witness. Okay, can I have some sort of an amen? All right, let's pray. God, thank you. You are sovereign, powerful, and loving. We look to you. You are king of the universe. And we are so thankful to be your subjects. So we subject ourselves this morning to your love. We subject ourselves this morning to your power. We subject ourselves this morning to your compassion, your healing, your faith, your confidence your joy, your Holy Spirit working in and through us in this world. And so, God, would you just deposit now on the vineyard, everyone who's here this morning, the grace to walk as a peaceful presence in the world with wisdom and faith for the glory of Jesus. Amen.
I want to make sure everyone has one of these. I'm going to take a few minutes to go through this. So if you do not have one of these little handouts, raise your hand. Jane has some in the front, okay, as we uh, do a little introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. Okay. We've been uh, in this series called Make Way. It's also the theme of our prayer room. We've been doing this prayer room for more than 10, 12 years. And uh, the, the original prayer room was all about what would it look like for us as a body of believers to learn how to pray by praying, not by preaching about prayer, reading about prayer, praying about prayer, but actually by praying. And that was the original intention and the ongoing goal and purpose of our prayer room is so that we could set aside time intentionally to simply be in God's presence as God's people. To still ourselves before the Lord for 40 days in the middle of the year. To reorient ourselves towards Jesus in case through the year or the days or the weeks or the decades, anything has taken front and center stage in our lives. If we have bowed to anything other than Jesus. If we have begun to worship anything other than Jesus. If we have centered our lives around anything but the risen Christ then this is our time to reorient ourselves and gaze at him. Um, Last week, we talked about making way through self-examination and repentance, and I offered the practice of the examen, the Ignatian examen. There are still cards in the back, uh, right by David in the sound booth there, if you need one of those on the way out. It's a great practice. Um, This is a scary thing. How many of you actually tried it? Okay, appreciate your honesty. It's awesome. I promise. Get a card and go do it. You're going to love it. This one will be easier this week. (laughs) If Mary Lou's laughing, it's a good thing. I can tell you that. Uh, This week, I want to talk real simply about a way that we make way for God in our lives and we make way for God in the lives of others. And it's what I'm calling uh, active friendship, active friendship. When we come into contact with another believer, the reality is we're coming into contact with Jesus. We have access to the Lord. We make way for Jesus into our lives through the person who knows Christ. We, We see Jesus in them. And so often Jesus comes to us through the words, the actions, and the love of a human being, right? a Christian brother or sister. All unconditional love in the end, no, in the beginning, comes from God, right? We, we also make way um, for people to God through our own lives, and that can be believers and unbelievers, because they see Jesus in us. And so active friendship is a powerful way. It may not be one of your standard Lenten practices, but my contention is it ought to be. Active friendship in the world is a way that we make way for God in and through our lives. And I'm going to say three real simple things about active friendship. I'm going to say active friendship listens deeply, shares vulnerably, and gives sacrificially. Those are my three points. If you can fill them in on your own, you're free to go. I got a lot of scriptures I'm going to read to you this morning. Um, Who was playing bass up here? Okay, who was playing the other thing? The guitar. Yeah. Logan? Okay. So um, Logan, we were in the 
uh, time praying before the service, and Logan said, I just got this picture. He said, I just see these waves coming in to the shore. And he was real honest. He said, I don't really know what it means, but something like, you know, this is, these are like the natural processes of God. These are the ways of God. And I see these wave after wave. And it, it was so encouraging to me because I feel like the message I'll give in the next 15 minutes or so is such a simple message about listening deeply to one another, about sharing vulnerably with one another, and about giving sacrificially. I won't say anything that you probably haven't heard already in your life. But it just struck me that that these points, I think, highlighted by the Lord this morning for us, are like the waves of the ocean. And they may be natural, they may be common, they may be logical, they may be nothing special. But the power of the waves to form the world, the sea, you know, the the um, the sand and and the earth is unbelievable. So if we can submit ourselves to these simple ways that God works, we're aligning ourselves with heaven. We're inviting Jesus to come in and do not just in the spectacular, miraculous way, but in the common, ordinary Jesus style of friendship. We're making a way for God in our lives and in the lives of others in the world. And I think you're here this morning because at your deepest level, you long for that. You want to be a Jesus-style friend, and you want to have a Jesus-style friend, and you want to have impact on the world. So let's look at what it looks like to be the friend that you want to have. Three things I'm talking about in active friendship. Number one, listen deeply. I'm going to let the scriptures speak for themselves mostly, if I can uh, not say as many words this morning. Since I'm talking about listening deeply, James 1.19, James says, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak. That, you know what that means? It means exactly what it says. Run quickly to listen. Wait to speak. In some of my training as a spiritual director, they talk about as you're listening to someone and something comes up in you and you want to say it, you know, the feeling like, man, do I have a great point here? I'm going to give them a gospel whoosh right there. It's, it's just pretend it's like a beach ball in the sort of uh, swimming pool of your heart and just push it down. And if it comes up again, push it down again. And if it comes up again, push it down again. And eventually you'll realize this thing wants to get out and this is God, then speak it out. What if we practice that on a regular basis in our human relationships to just push down the first thought two or three times so that we could open our ears and listen deeply to what people are saying, feeling, experiencing, wanting. First Peter 1.22, Peter says, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Reminder, Peter is talking to a persecuted people. He's talking to a people in trouble. He's speaking to a fellowship of believers in a world that is really dangerous, as ours is really dangerous. And he says, you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Love one another deeply From the heart, Peter says two different times in his letter to love one another deeply from from your heart. 
deep love does not happen in short, pithy quotes or cliches. Deep love happens when you open your ears, listen, and then listen with the ears of your heart. St. Benedict said that 1,400 years ago. Listen with the ears of your heart so you can really know what's another person dealing with. In other words, be the friend that you want to have. It sounds so simple. We all know it's not that easy. 1 Peter 4.8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Man, do I love that one. As a parent of three children now grown, I can't tell you how many times Jane and I counted on that one. Like, we blew it again. We got to love them. Love covers a multitude of sins. Guess what? We're not talking about covering their sins. (laughs) We're talking about covering our sins, right? If we can love one another deeply, from the heart, we give people access to the unconditional love of God, and that changes people. You know that changes people. Proverbs 18:2: "A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. I'm just going to let that one speak for itself. Proverbs 18:13: "If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. How many times just in the last like four minutes? No. Day, have you thought you know exactly what a person's saying? And before they finish, you're answering their question. Only to find out maybe if eventually you listen, it's not what they were asking. One of the great books I read 25 years ago, Stephen Covey, still love it. You know, seek first to understand, then to be understood. That would heal a lot of cultures if we would just live in that. So don't take this as condemnation. Take this as an invitation to walk like Jesus. All of Proverbs 18. You want something to memorize this week? Memorize Proverbs 18. It'll change your life. I promise. One of the great ways to learn how to listen deeply is to simply learn how to ask good questions. And I'm not going to do a, a seminar on how to go, ask good questions. There are, there are lots of good books out there, good things to read and to learn. But um, people love to talk about themselves. When you learn how to deflect a question about you once, twice, three times, and really press into someone else, you'll find, I mean, you can go through a conversation, never say a word, but is that right? Tell me more about that. What was that like for you? How did you feel about that? Wow, that's very interesting. You come away from an hour of saying those things and people will say, you have helped me so much. Why? What they're saying is, you have listened. My heart is open and I feel like you've seen it. Thank you. Learn how to deflect questions, but I'm going to get to vulnerability, so you can't always deflect, right? And learn how to ask good questions. And when you ask, this kind of goes with the territory, you actually have to care. (laughs) So let's just make a a little decision together. Um, If we don't care, let's not ask. Because I think it hurts more. You've all experienced this. It hurts more when someone asks, and then you really begin to pour out, and you realize they're not even home. So if if you're going to ask, care. If you're not going to care, don't ask. You know what you can say? 
you know what? I'd love to listen to you, but I don't have the capacity to do it right now. Could we set up another time? Because I just feel all, you know, I don't feel like I can be present to you. I think that's a really honoring thing to say to people. Active friendship means you commit to listening deeply. So a practical thing you can do this week, the best listener in your life. Think right now of the best listener in your life, currently living. Who's that person? Go to them this week. Send them a text, an email, phone call, take them out to coffee, say, you are a great listener and I really want to know how to do it. Will you tell me how to listen? And then there's only one thing left for you to do. Listen. I, I am learning and have learned how to listen from great listeners, not from books or seminars, but from being in the presence of people who I can just tell they're fully present with me. My wife, Jane, is one of those. If you've ever talked to Jane, you know she is fully present to you. She's all there. She feels with you. She's not perfect, but 99.9%. She's like this. She's like, oh, go on. I was talking to my daughter uh, this week, and we were not talking about my talk at all. She was expressing an issue she was having in a conversation she had. And she said, just like off the cuff, she said, Dad, you know how sometimes it's the most generous thing you can do to listen, and sometimes it's the most generous thing you can do to talk. And I'm like, no, I've never had that thought in my life, but that is brilliant. So I wrote it down immediately. Isn't that true? Sometimes the most generous thing you can do for another person is not give your experience, your knowledge, a book recommendation like I usually do, or even a prayer, but just listen. That's the generosity of God who is always listening to us. Now, moving to point two, sharing vulnerably. Sometimes the most generous thing you can do for another person is to talk. And for some of us, this is the challenge. We've got all this gold, but no one ever gets to see it. We've got maybe some weakness and some need, but no one can help us because we'll never open our hearts. For whatever reason, fear, shame, whatever we want to say, we won't let ourselves be vulnerable to, to others because we just don't, we can't handle it. When sometimes the most generous thing you can do to another person in your relationship with them is share vulnerably. It's like you're entrusting to them your heart. Isn't that scary and wonderful and scary and amazing and scary? It is. If you've ever been hurt, like if you're a human, you know that's scary. But the power of vulnerability, when someone sees you and knows you and you're fully accepted, man, that's, it's unbelievable. I'm just going to, uh, I don't have anything up on the board about, on the screen about it, but um, anything by Brene Brown. She wrote a book called The Power of Vulnerability. She's not a believer that I know of. She may have some faith. It's, they're not Christian books. She's a little salty in her language. Deal with it. What she talks about in terms of vulnerability and shame is really incredible. It's not the gospel, but it gives a a sociological, sort of scientifically-based, relationally-based way of understanding the power of vulnerability to build solid relationship and community. I, I cannot recommend it enough, Brene Brown. Even better than that, Ephesians 4.25. 
Paul says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. Some translations say, stop lying to one another and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. I've said this before because this is having a life-changing impact on me as we speak. I'll just say it again. As people, as humans, broken humans, imperfect humans, created by a perfect and loving God, we long for to, to be known fully, to be accepted completely, and to be loved unconditionally. It's like three three wells down in our souls, just longing for. We want to be known, truly known. We want to be accepted, completely accepted, and we want to be loved unconditionally. And you know what we really want? We want that state to go on for eternity. We get that in Jesus. We get that in our relationship with God. We long for it in our relationships with people. And yet, so many of us, for so long and so often, refuse to share the reality of our lives with other people. We hide the weakness, we cover the shame, we don't want to expose ourselves, those difficult parts of ourselves, those embarrassing parts of ourselves. We don't want to do that because we think we'll be rejected, right? And so we show to people a false self that says, I got it going, I've got it figured out, you know, I have tiny weaknesses but no big ones. We go around like that and then people look at us, they accept us and they love us and you know what we do? They don't really know me. So we block acceptance from people. We block unconditional love from people because why? We never show them who we really are. Paul says, let's put off falsehood. Let's stop lying to one another. How are you doing? Awesome. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's true by faith. Sometimes that's a lie from the pit of hell. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not setting myself up as, you know, I'm the king of this, but I'm, I've learned vulnerability. Last week, can't remember what I spoke about it. I think it was amazing. doesn't come to my, my mind right now. I got off this platform. I did this six inches. I took a hard left, and I went in front of Delena and Holly and said, you guys need to pray for me. I'm in trouble. i got some stuff going on. I don't know how to deal with it. Some physical stuff, some lies, some emotional stuff. How can I get up here and preach and say, we've got to be honest with one another if I can't do it? How can you ever experience the unconditional love and acceptance of another human if you never show them who you really are? Active friendship shares vulnerably with wisdom. Okay, I'll let you apply that on your own. This does not mean that from now on I should just get up here and spend 30 minutes spilling my guts. This is not a counseling therapy session up here, right? No, and and people don't want that from you either. But if, you know, Jesus says, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. If this is for you, if you don't feel known, accepted, loved unconditionally, it's possible you have not told anyone in your life the truth about you. And how can we receive unconditional love and acceptance if we never show our true self? It is, a de- it is a deception from the enemy to think that we can walk this thing out on our own. And so for some reason, Paul, I won't, I won't go into the, the long thing about it, but uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, I'll just read this part. Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
You read that and you think, no, he didn't do that. It's in the Bible. It's true. This was inspired by, by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. I imagine that Paul went around and said, you know what I really suck at? I know, I'm not supposed to say those words in church. I don't know how he said it in Greek, Aramaic. It says it right here. I will boast. I will tell people, you know what? I'm not good at this. That way, when God comes and does the miracle in that area anyway, they're not going to say that Paul's amazing. They're going to say, no, Paul's a dork. (laughs) He didn't know what he's doing over there, but look what Jesus did. That's amazing. And then who gets the glory? Jesus gets the glory. Share vulnerably. 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Paul says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, that is, tell you the truth from God through the Bible, here's heaven, but our lives as well. I don't think Paul is just saying we had a snack together occasionally. I think Paul is saying, you know when we came? We gave you the gospel and you saw it at work in our lives, including those places where we're weak. Because where else do we need the gospel? Do we need the gospel in our strength? Eh, We're like, "Ah, I got that part. No, we need the gospel in our weakness. Listen deeply, share vulnerably, give sacrificially. Again, this one does not need a lot of words. I'll let the scripture speak. Matthew 10:8. Freely you have received, freely give. Got to give the context of that since Becky has the shirt on back there. <laughs> Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Freely you have received, freely give. It's not just about the power ministry. It's about the love ministry. As God has listened to you, listen. As Jesus has shared vulnerably his very lifeblood with you, share with others. Jesus did not seem to hold back. First Chronicles 29, 14, David's praying. He says, everything that we have comes from God. That's our source. James 1, 17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. If we've got good stuff, whether physical, emotional, truth, time, etc., it comes from the Father. First John three sixteen and eight to eighteen. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's the ultimate sacrifice. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? That's a convicting verse, not a condemning verse. Because the invitation is into, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. How many in this room, at some point in your life, from age you know, three months to where you are right now, the sacrificial gift of another person, time, talents, treasures, protection, support, etc., had a huge impact on your life. So, I mean, look, this is how the world works. We are not meant to be self-sufficient. We've got to learn how to receive. But we, we've got to learn how to give. And Jesus is our model. John fifteen thirteen. Jesus said, No greater love has anyone than this than he lays down his life for his friends. 
This is real practical for, for our lives today. Yeah, we live in a lot of surplus, it's true. But there are many, many among us in this community, in central Indiana, in the United States, in the Western world, and throughout the six, seven billion people of the world that do not live in excess. And we have because God wants us to give his blessing through what he's given to us. When we give to others sacrificially in our friendships, we give from God's hand. Isn't that a great thought? I'm going to take from God's hand and I'm going to put into your hand. It's not from me. It's from God. Active friendship listens deeply, shares vulnerably, gives sacrificially. Summed up, Luke 6.31, Jesus says, do to others as you would like them to do to you. Do you want to be listened to and understood? Listen. Do you want to be trusted with the deep things of another? Trust. Do you want to be cared for in a time of need? Give. You don't do it to get it. But if we all do it, we all get it. And that's community. One aspect of community. Basically, be the friend that you want to be. So I want to just walk you uh, in a few minutes through this practice. Hold up your little card because I want to make this practical. So I'm just going to invite you into this practice this week. Now, you want to do this uh, every week for the rest of your life. You have my blessing. But but especially for those for who this whom this is a challenge. I want to give you this challenge this week. This week, choose to walk in intentional, active friendship. Make it your aim, with God's help, this week to be the friend you'd like to have. So number one, ask God to show you a time to listen deeply to another. Okay, bonus for those who are married. You got a built-in opportunity. (laughs) This is not a joke, right? If you haven't, Husbands, I'm just going to put it on you. Say to your wife and mean it. Honey, could we take 20 or 30 minutes and just sit down? i just like to hear what's going on with you. Do you know how that ministers to a woman's heart? Men need it too. We may have fewer words. We don't have smaller hearts. We still need it too. Uh, decide during this time of listening to set your own needs and agenda aside. Simply listen, resisting the urge to share your story, give advice, or offer platitudes. Listen with the intent to understand and feel with them. Just do it. Just 30 minutes sometime this week. Do it with your boss. Do it with someone who works for you. Do it with a child. I mean, don't do it with an animal, okay? I know they're good listeners, but it's not the same thing, okay? Cat with the mask on, it doesn't work. Share vulnerably, maybe. (laughs) But when it's listening, you know, it's got to be a human. Two, ask God for a time you can share vulnerably with another. This is not God, where should I vomit? That's not the point. God, who in my life right now could I choose by your grace, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to entrust with a deeper, harder, maybe weaker aspect of my life where I just need someone to listen, to understand, to accept, to pray, maybe to give some advice. Where is that? 
Plan for an intentional time to share something with another, something that reveals your weakness, your inability, a place where you have need without excuse, without justification, without blaming, without control, without manipulation. You're thinking, what else do I have left? Honesty and trust. Simply with the goal, I want this person to get to know the real me. Now, do this in a, in a way that's safe and appropriate. You know, I'm going to suggest unless you're married, same sex, okay? Let's not cross boundaries here, but let's open our hearts to one another so that the love of God can flow through them. And uh, number three, ask God to give you an opportunity to give sacrificially to someone this week. This does not have to be grand. It can be grand if you want. There's a story in this church. I won't go into any details, but uh, uh, a family that was in significant need. It got around. This family was in need. Someone else in this church family provided for actually two or three different people provided for this person in an unbelievable way that is life changing for two generations of people. I wish I could tell the story, but I won't because it's just not mine to tell. But I watched it happen. I heard the impact of sacrificial giving. And you know what? The the people that did the sacrificing part, you know where I saw real joy? That's where I saw the real joy, was the people who had given. They were so excited because they were giving out of God's hands. And their gifts were received as if they came straight from the hand of the Lord. That's us. That's community. That's active friendship. You could choose to do something like this anonymously if you want if you want or need the credit, do it anonymously. If you truly don't care for the credit, do it anonymously anyway. <laughs> no, you know your own heart and God knows you. There's also a joy in being able to say, I give this to you, no strings attached. When you ask God to provide for you time to walk in intentional friendship, the implication is you want to hear and you want to walk courageously in his provision. So I just leave you with this encouragement. Trust God and do it. Let's stand. Ministry team, if you can come forward. And Lynn, if you come. and Can it be fast? Can it be quick? Here. Okay. I'm going to share a real... Testimony of uh, something that happened right when I was getting in line to go to take communion, and it goes along with your teaching. So someone already did what you said, but Rod and I have struggled with him being off work for three months and no income coming in, and he could barely walk without assistance. And we really haven't received. I mean, God's just provided for us. He really has provided for us, but. Um, I actually was uh, aware of a training that I needed to take for a business that I'm doing, which will help our income, but it's $100, and I kept saying, God, I can't do it because we need the money for bills. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. This was just today and yesterday, and as I was getting in line, someone said, Patty, I've been thinking about you, and she stuck a $100 bill in my pocket. Do you want to get it out to show? No, I put it in my purse. But I just praise God. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Patty. That's the body of Christ at work. That's the family of Jesus at work. And the church needs it. 
and the world needs it. So I just want to invite you, if anything from the message this morning, anything that the Lord spoke during worship or as Nancy was uh, praying for us and opening things up, if you'd like someone to pray for you, this is a great place to be listened to, a great place to share vulnerably. And I just want to encourage you, any way that God might be uh, speaking to you, come and get prayer for it. I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you for your uh, nearness to us. Thank you, God, that you have listened to us every prayer ever ever uttered, every thought ever considered. You have heard them all. Thank you, Lord, that you have shared, Father, your own son, Jesus, Jesus, your own blood and body with us, that we might be lifted to eternal glory. And thank you, God, that your sacrifice for us allows us to be givers to others. So we pray for grace to walk in active friendship. In Jesus' name, amen.